When it comes to air quality, the bad news is that wildfires and air pollution have really degraded the quality of our air. But the good news is that we're all realizing that the quality of our air, and particularly the quality of our indoor air, is really darn important. I'm so excited to tell you about Puro Air because in 30 minutes, this device will remove allergens, dust, smoke, and gases from your room. It uses a stronger type of filter called a HEPA-14, and it filters pollutants at a microscopic level. I keep my Puro Air running upstairs where the bedrooms are all night. I love that it's quiet. Cleaner air just hits different, doesn't it? Check out everything Puro Air has to offer at getpuroair.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. One more time for the people in the back, getpuroair.com. Well, hello there. Welcome back. My name is Stephanie Safarian, and you're listening to another Headlines episode. As a friendly reminder, we are outlining four environmental-leaning news stories in 15 minutes or less. Why on earth are we doing this? We're doing this because environmental headlines tend to get buried under the barrage of headlines about the economy, about entertainment, about crime. So we're bringing the environmental stories that we need to know to the light. Let's waste no more time and get right into our first story today, which has to do with pollen. It is spring, and if you have allergies, you may already be suffering. The Washington, D.C. area has had not one, but two pollen spikes this year, one in February and then another one in April. So let's talk about what's happening in Washington, D.C. with regard to pollen first, and then we'll discuss why it's happening. So what's happening? Usually when it comes to pollen season, all my allergy sufferers, you know that there is a gradual buildup of pollen. It spikes. There's a spike of pollen. Everything's yellow everywhere. Yellow coats every surface. And then the pollen spike recedes. But in Washington, D.C. this year, they have had not one pollen spike, but two spikes. And both spikes came earlier than they normally do. One, again, came in February. This means two opportunities for you to suffer if you have allergies. Now, why did this happen? Many trees, many plants require a certain amount of sustained warm days to trigger budding. And warmer winter temperatures allow these plants and trees to accumulate the required amount of heat faster, which of course then causes them to bloom earlier and for longer periods of time. The D.C. area in particular just had its second warmest winter on record, and around the time of that first pollen spike in February, temperatures were about 10 degrees warmer than normal, so the trees started blooming earlier. What's the bottom line here? The bottom line is that, of course, we're not just talking about Washington, D.C., we're talking everywhere. What's happening in D.C., however, is likely a preview of what's to happen all over the world in a warming world we will likely see more than one pollen spike per spring, and these pollen spikes will start happening earlier and earlier in the season. So yes, friends, climate change does and will continue to affect our allergy suffering. 
Next, we're moving on to some good news, and it has to do with wine. Fellow wine lovers unite. Wine bottles are getting lighter and slimmer, and that is a good thing for everybody. In the past, consumers, so wine connoisseurs, I would consider myself one of them, we have tended to believe that heavier wine bottles mean that the wine inside is better. It's of better quality, but that's just not true. A normal heavy-ish bottle of wine tends to weigh about a kilogram, but glass is incredibly energy-intensive to manufacture, and the glass bottle usually accounts for just under 30% of wine's total carbon footprint. Then there's, of course, is the transport. Heavier wine bottles mean a larger carbon footprint in terms of shipping these heavy things all around the globe. And so more and more wineries are now shifting to bottles that are about half the size. So I said that a big bottle or a heavy bottle is usually about a kilogram in weight. Now we're seeing bottles that are under 600 grams, 500 grams, some as low as 380 grams. Again, this is good news for everybody. It's good for wineries who are looking to meet their sustainability goals. It's good for wineries also because now their bottles, their lighter bottles are cheaper and shipping will cost less. This is good for you and me who drinks wine because now we're not going to be breaking our wrists trying to hold (laughs) these mammoth bottles. So the bottom line here, we're conscious consumers, right? And so just as we as conscious consumers do not judge a book by its cover, we do not judge a product by its fancy packaging, we do not judge our wine by the weight of the bottle. We can and we should be supporting wineries that are adopting lighter wine bottles. Story number three today has to do with SpaceX. Maybe you heard about in the news that SpaceX launched its Starship last week. The Starship is a nearly 400-foot-tall rocket, and yes, it did explode shortly after launching. However, the news stories around SpaceX and the launch of the Starship are generally positive. The Starship is deemed the world's most powerful rocket, and getting it off the ground is hailed as a success. However, what seems to get lost in these conversations about SpaceX is that when the Starship took off and exploded in the air, it sparked a 3.5-acre fire in the lower Rio Grande Valley National Wildlife Refuge, which, by the way, is home to 1,200 types of plants, 700 species of vertebrates, nearly 500 bird species, and 300 kinds of butterflies. So last Thursday, SpaceX's Starship launched from Boca Chica, Texas, and the pad, the launch pad, was adjacent to, again, this wildlife refuge. During its voyage, it scattered debris for hundreds of yards like mortar fire, and then again, four minutes later, it exploded over the Gulf of Mexico. In addition to the fire, wildlife officials said that large concrete chunks and sheets of stainless steel were found thousands of feet away from the launch site. Officials found a plume of pulverized concrete 6.5 miles north of the launch pad. And if you haven't seen any videos of the launch of the Starship on social media, I highly suggest you check it out. 
Various videos show debris slamming into vans and shrapnel striking beaches, pummeling shorelines. And so I find myself wondering, what are the consequences of launching this rocket so close to a wildlife refuge? Launch sites have been notoriously and conventionally set on the coast for an important reason, right? It's to ensure that as the rockets launch, they don't endanger people. They don't harm populated areas. I'm on board with not hurting human beings, of course. but. I'm wondering, why is nobody thinking about protecting our wildlife areas? We set aside this land. We created a refuge for these 1,200 types of plants and 700 species of vertebrates, et cetera, et cetera. But what are we doing to protect them? And why, when we're covering the launch of the Starship, why are we not talking about the environmental effects associated with launching a 400-foot-tall rocket into space that explodes four minutes after launching? Why are we not talking about that? So we're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we're going to get into today's feature story, which has everything to do with nuclear power. So if you've ever been confused, concerned, have some questions about nuclear power, stay tuned. We're going to get there after a quick word from our sponsors. So many of us have chaotic closets that are crammed full of clothing items, and yet somehow we still have nothing to wear. Well, upgrading to high-quality and affordable pieces from Quince when you need them is a game-changer. They offer organic cotton sweaters and washable silk tops, My 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters are my go-to. Not only are they affordable, but the quality is top-notch. They wear better than the cashmere sweaters that are double their price. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash sustainable podcast for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash sustainable podcast to get free shipping and 365 day returns. One more time, quince.com slash sustainable podcast. Hello, Sustainable Minimalist listeners. Are you committed to living a greener and simpler life? Well, meet Home Threads, your ally in more sustainable and minimalist home decor. As the total destination for decor and furniture, Home Threads helps you define your minimalist lifestyle while respecting the planet. Discover their exclusive Haven collection. They use many sustainable materials without compromising on style. And here's the best part. Home Threads always has the best value. It was time. After nine years of living in our home, it was time to replace our outdoor furniture. And my husband and I, we went to Home Threads. We have a Home Threads patio umbrella and a new bench. And oh my goodness, we are so in love. Create a home that reflects your commitment to the environment. Visit homethreads.com slash sustainable and get a code for 15% off your first order. Homethreads.com slash sustainable. Love where you live. And we're back on today's headlines show. We have so far covered pollen and wine bottles and SpaceX. And now we're on to nuclear power. Two weeks ago, Germany which, by the way, is Europe's largest economy, Germany shut down the last of its nuclear power plants. 
advocates say that nuclear energy is the only way that we as a globe can meet our climate goals. We can't just get rid of coal-burning power plants and replace them with renewable energy. We have energy demands. We have a high standard of living to uphold. Nuclear energy, according to advocates, is the only way we can transition away from fossil fuels without destroying our way of life. Opponents to nuclear energy, however, say that nuclear is problematic. There's serious safety concerns, there's serious national security concerns, and for the purposes of this show, this conversation, there are serious environmental concerns associated with nuclear energy and nuclear power plants. The major environmental concern, of course, is the radioactive waste. Radioactive waste can of course, remain radioactive and therefore dangerous to humans and animals for thousands of years, not decades, not hundreds of years, thousands of years. Radioactive material is hard to safely dispose of. And if there is a disaster, not if there's a disaster, when there's a disaster, when there's a leak, when there's an explosion, the environmental effects are disastrous. So two major nuclear disasters come to my mind. And then we'll get to Germany. We'll get to the headline in a minute. I'm really setting you up today. So two major nuclear disasters in the past. Chernobyl in 1986 and Fukushima in 2011. Chernobyl, 1986 in the former Soviet Union. What happened from an environmental standpoint? Pine forests turned red and died. Maybe you remember the term the red forests, radioactive substances bioaccumulated in the food chain and in water, in fish. Nearby farms claimed that in the four years after Chernobyl, 350 animals were born with major deformities, like missing limbs, missing eyes, deformed skulls, etc. That's to say nothing of the effects of Chernobyl on human health. Studies have reported long-term risks of leukemia, cataracts, and specifically thyroid cancer on the people who were exposed to these radioactive substances. And then fast forward a couple decades, Fukushima in 2011, there was an earthquake which triggered a tsunami. The tsunami affected the nuclear plant. Just as a little aside, current nuclear reactors are cooled with water, pressurized water, and it must continuously be circulated throughout the reactor's core. But if the flow of the cooling water is slowed or interrupted, the reactor core will overheat, which will lead to the meltdown. So the tsunami that hit Japan, thanks to the earthquake, interrupted the flow of cooling water at the Fukushima nuclear plant, hence the disaster. So where does Germany fall into this? Well, Germany has had a long history of being cautious when it comes to nuclear energy. Chernobyl started their cautiousness. And then in 2011, of course, when Fukushima occurred, Chancellor Angela Merkel announced that she would shut down all 17 of Germany's remaining nuclear reactors by 2022. And yes, it is April of 2023. So they did not shut 
them all down by the end of 2022, but pretty darn close, four extra months. And if you're wondering why did it take four extra months, the war in Ukraine raised concerns that the country would not be able to obtain the natural gas needed to heat. And so, yes, Germany did end up keeping its last nuclear plants running through the winter so that Germans would not freeze to death. So Germany, again, Europe's largest economy, is now 100% nuclear-free. But meanwhile, other countries are keeping their nuclear plants open. They're not even just keeping them open. They're building more. There are currently 400 nuclear plants in operation across 41 countries, and another 53 plants are currently being constructed here in the United States. Nuclear power generates 20% of our electricity supply. This is the single largest source of non-fossil fuel energy generation here in our country. So yes, wind and solar and other renewables are really great and important. But if we're talking non-fossil fuels-based energy, nuclear energy makes up the lion's share of that non-fossil fuels energy. The Biden administration is among those who have taken the position that boosting nuclear energy is a very important way to combat climate change. So Angela Merkel took one stance, let's get rid of nuclear. The Biden administration is taking the complete opposite stance. Nuclear is the way to go. I bring up this story today so we can think about the intricacies associated with transitioning away from fossil fuels to meet our energy demands. And I hope I did that for you today. So I will see you on Tuesday for our regularly scheduled interview. If you love the show, please consider leaving it an Apple Podcasts review. Thank you so much. Reach out if you need me. I'll see you Tuesday and take care.